0: Welcome to Brookings First United Methodist Church and our podcast, Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is an audio version of Pastor Pete Grasso and Pastor Krista Ducker's sermons from the First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. You can watch the full service online at any time on our website at brookingsmethodist.org or at the link in the episode notes. On behalf of the pastors and our entire church family, thank you for joining
1: us. We read from Scripture. We're reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 2, from verse 23 to verse 28. One Sabbath, Jesus and his disciples were walking through some wheat fields. His disciples were picking grains of wheat as they went along. Some Pharisees asked Jesus, why are your disciples picking grain on the Sabbath? They're not supposed to do that. Jesus answered, haven't you read what David did? When he and his followers were hungry and in need. It was during the time of Abiathar the high priest. David went into the house of God and ate the sacred loaves of bread that only priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his followers. Jesus finished by saying, people were not made for the good of the Sabbath. the Sabbath was made for the good of people. So the Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath. Just so far. And we give thanks to God for Mark and for his faithful transcription of the life and teaching of Jesus. Let us pray for a moment. Lord God, as we come before the scriptures, We are grateful for those who have passed them on to us. We pray for your Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable to you, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those online. And thank you to Pastor Krista for leading our worship reminding us that we are primarily here because God has called us to worship. So here's my question. Have you ever planned ahead for something and then when the time comes, your plans fall apart, a little like sand running through your fingers, and you can't hold on to the things you've planned? Because that's what happened to me today. We've been following a teaching series that looks at the creativity of God and the invitation of God that we become co-creators in helping to create love and joy within our world. And the topic planned for this week is entitled Resting. And I expected to reflect on the weekly Sabbath as a moment for creativity and refreshment and I'd actually started working on this sermon before I went on vacation. I've just spent a week in Florida. And I was expecting to come back and talk about the creative benefits of going on leave. Guys, you've got to go to Florida. <laughs> in winter. It's just awesome. It's, if you haven't been, you've got to go. Um, anyway. Anyway. But my sermon got destroyed, literally. Literally blown up by Russia's war on the Ukraine. And I couldn't escape those nagging words of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah eight eleven, who criticized the preachers of his day for preaching sermons that had no connection with the lived reality of people. Listen to Jeremiah, they dress the wounds of my people as though it it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Quite clearly, I cannot stand up and talk about resting, talk about the peace of God when you and I have been watching violence on our screens and on our social media feeds and pretend that everything is okay. This week, Russia invaded a sovereign country. I know they said they can claim it because it used to belong to them, but imagine if every country today decided it wanted to take back the bits and pieces of other countries that they used to occupy in the past. And let me remind you that Alaska also used to belong to Russia or remind you that Texas used to belong to Mexico. And imagine the chaos in our world if we decided to ignore the borders that are internationally recognized. It was a bit, it was a bit like watching the playground bully take food from the little kid just because he was bigger. And I felt really helpless as I watched social media And watch this play out in real time. And I wondered if there was something in the word of God for us today. And this story told by Mark of Jesus and his disciples in a field of corn is actually a really good place to begin. It was the reading that was set in our series. And as I prayed over it, I have found nourishment that I think is helpful for all of us. Jesus and his disciples walking through a field of grain, probably gleaning the field. Gleaning is picking the leftover corn after the farmer has harvested his corn. Jewish customary law said that farmers were to leave the edges of their field, so that the poor also had food. Now, Jesus and his disciples fell into this category. They literally depended on the goodwill of people as they moved from town to town. So here are Jesus and his disciples looking for leftover corn in the fields. Please let go of the idea, and somehow it seems to have captured our imagination, that Jesus and his disciples are out for a morning stroll and they picked the random ears of corn. They were gleaning the field, probably gleaning the field along with other poor people because they were hungry and they needed to plan for their food. This kind of poverty, a painful experience for Jesus and for those who lived with him because the children of Israel at the time of Jesus suffered under taxes. They were taxed by the Roman Empire to run the empire, An additional tax was laid on them by King Herod, who had ambitious building programs he wanted to fulfill. And then there were the taxes to fund the expenses of the priests and the Levites in the temple. So here's the scene. The temple leadership sees some hungry people trying to gather food. And I'm imagining the kind of helpful response we ought to have heard from the temple leadership. Surely, surely they might have said, it is a shame that our people are hungry. What can we do to feed them? Maybe even one step better, they might have said, perhaps we can work with Herod to reduce the taxes. But that did not happen. And instead, instead of compassion, we are told the Pharisees resorted to condemnation. They said to Jesus, you are breaking God's law by looking for food on the Sabbath. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the kind of monster God must be that people can't look for food on the Sabbath? And so Jesus replies, Jesus gives them a lesson from King David in the Old Testament. Speaks of a moment in the life of King David when he was starving And he used the holy bread from the altar. What Jesus was referencing was the moment when King Saul had declared war on David. And David, fleeing for his life, comes to the altar of God and discovers food to sustain him. Isn't this amazing? The place where people worship can also be the place where hungry people are fed. And Jesus uses this story To remind the Pharisees that the things of God should be a blessing for the people. And gleaning fields for food on the Sabbath is the perfect moment to be reminded of the provision of God. In essence, Jesus says, what better day could there be to be reminded of God's provision than the Sabbath? So what do we take away with us from this story. I'm convinced this story teaches us that God is to be found alongside those who are hungry and poor and desperate. God showed up for David when David received bread from the altar. God showed up on the Sabbath walking with the hungry disciples collecting food in the field. And in the light of that, I'd like to reflect for a moment on the war in the Ukraine and then draw some lessons for ourselves in the life that we live. As far as the war in Ukraine goes, I see a promise and a warning. Let me start with the warning. Drawing on scripture, please note, God did not show up alongside King Saul when he sought to overwhelm David. When Saul wanted to enforce his absolute authority on David, God was not alongside Saul. In the same way, I think we need to be clear, God will not bless President Putin as he demands absolute authority over his neighboring country or neighboring countries. Neither did God show up alongside the Pharisees when they were defending their religious traditions. I do not think God will show up for those who demand that the Orthodox Christian faith of Kiev must submit to the Russian Orthodox Church. You can read a little more about Orthodoxy, but there's certainly an underlying thread that the Russian Orthodox Church seeks to dominate the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Now for the promise. God will show up. God will show up in the Ukraine walking alongside the hungry and the displaced and the injured and the families who are grieving. And I know this because there are already signs of God at work in the Ukraine. There are people hiding in the undergrounds of cities like Kiev who are claiming God's presence. Let me show you a clip on the screen from Christians Christians in the underground who dare to sing hymns to God, who dare to say God is with us and we will not be crushed. Christians who are showing extreme bravery. Let me introduce us to the Methodist bishop of the Ukraine, Bishop Edward Kige, who is a united Methodist bishop, who is the pastor to the Ukraine and to Russia, and who has opened up United Methodist churches across the region that people can find shelter. And I would urge us to pray for the people of the Ukraine. I would urge us to, to pray for continued courage for the Christians who are there, but for all the people who are there. Urge us to look at offering ways of financial support. I did a quick Google search. Doctors Without Borders are in there because people are injured and dying. I found a fund called the Sunflower of Peace. The sunflower is the national flower of the Ukraine and they're caring for children who are injured. Maybe even at the most symbolic level, I'd urge you, stop drinking vodka. All all I'm asking is, Let's not be neutral on this. Let's not say, well, it's somebody else's problem. Because we have brother and sister followers of Jesus right there who are suffering right now. And our scriptures are clear. When one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers together. I did want to leave one last thought that could perhaps speak into our lives, we who live here in Brookings. The religious things of our faith, our gatherings, our worship, our buildings, our religious days, bring us closer to God's peace. They're moments when we are in touch with the peace of God. And we all need to take time out of the rush and the pressure of our lives to be in touch with God's peace. But I do wanna suggest that we can only find rest here when we have resisted those who seek to dominate the weak. We live in a world where bigger, stronger, wealthier people try to dominate the lives of those who are smaller and weaker. It's obvious in the Ukraine but it's just as obvious in our community. You and I can become the kindness and compassion of God as we stand alongside those who are victims of violence. I think, for example, of battered wives. I think of abused children. I think of disempowered employees. Let us become the sign of the presence of God by offering kindness, by offering financial support, by legislative protection to people who are told they are worth less. Wherever people are told, you are worth less than me, and I have the right to take what you have because I'm worth more, we as the people of God ought to be standing alongside those who believe they are worthless. People who believe they are worthless because they are physically challenged. There's a child in our church who's currently being bullied because that child is shaped differently from other children within the school. God says, stand with that child. Whether the bully is in the playground or whether the bully is a big nation bullying a little nation, The principle is exactly the same. Let us resist bullies wherever they are to be found. People have been told they are worthless because they are black. Remember, this is Black History Month. And our history is one where black people have been insulted and made to feel less because of the color of their skin. Let us become advocates for the idea that every person has value irrespective of their skin color. Because everyone is God's beloved. Worthless because they're LGBTQ. Remember that transgender children are also God's children. Let us never denigrate any individual because they're not like us. Let's not be that bully who crushes those who are disempowered. We can be the presence of God showing up alongside people such as these. I'm convinced God shows up when we say all are welcome. In fact, that is the slogan on our church doors. Open hearts, open minds, open doors. We are a welcoming church. And when we welcome people, the peace of God is found here. And we will all find rest when we are prepared to welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get yours. And be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.